This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, a lot has happened over the last week in Brooklyn Nets world. Welcome to the Brooklyn Basketball Podcast. Evan Roberts, the great Mike Biseglia, who you could also hear on the uh, Bad Weather Fans Podcast. So the Nets had some great wins this week. As they were battling COVID, first it was Paul Millsap, then it was every freaking guy on the roster. And while they were battling COVID, they had a tremendous come from behind after blowing a lead game against the Toronto Raptors in overtime. They had a tremendous victory at home against the Philadelphia 76ers. And then when they were really ravaged by COVID, they had a gallant comeback, the G League Nets against the Orlando Magic before coming up short. They're 21 and nine. They're on a pause now because the COVID cases have been nuts. So the Denver game canceled, the Washington game canceled. We'll see about what happens on the West Coast trip. But all of that, Mike, pales in comparison to the Kyrie Irving update that we got. How stunned were you when you saw the news that Kyrie Irving was coming back? I was really stunned, Evan. And the part that really frustrates me is that because you're getting these in pieces and I was actually really working hard that day. I had a lot of work deadlines to do. So a lot of days on like a Friday, you're hanging out You're I, I listen to you and, and Craig a lot. But this was one of those Fridays was like, I got to get work done. I'm going in my bubble. I'm at my parents' house. I am distancing myself from Twitter, sports radio, the whole deal. And then I get texts and then they coming in and I it came out of the blue. But the first one was. Not that Kyrie Irving was, he was coming back, but not the news that he was coming back, but it was only road games only. So at first I saw this Kyrie news and I was like, oh my God, Kyrie's coming back. I don't know what the hell happened, but he's going to play in Brooklyn. And then, you know, things started to develop a little bit more and we found out it was just a, hey, come on back. We don't mind if you play in road games. I was still stunned. Uh, I was in complete shock. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier, like, this is a long season. We're basically a third of the way through. And here's Kyrie Irving for the first twist and turn. But, um, you know, wild to see that he's going to be back with the Nets, even though it's probably not going to be uh, at least for a couple of weeks from when we're talking right now. I found myself so disappointed because I'm on the air as this was happening. And I read the Shams tweet to Craig. And then I had about five minutes before the Woj tweet came out, which confirmed, yes, he's coming back, but he's coming back as a part-time player. When I first read he was coming back, the enthusiasm I had, I'm sure you had, was, wow, we got him back. He's getting vaccinated. To see 
that it's only part time. I mean, let's all not lie, Ned fans. It's disappointing. Obviously, sure. it's good for the team that he's back, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But the hope is he's back, back, not partially back, and not for us to deal with the whole dance of, well, it's only road games. How many games can he play? What should you do in the postseason? Like that part was very disappointing that it's not the full shebang. It's not Kyrie Irving coming back. It's Kyrie Irving coming back, sort of. Yeah, if it's the whole shebang, you're just like party time. Let's have fun. Like, this is great. We got Kyrie Irving back. Now we can start dreaming of the big three. James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. But it shouldn't. But let's be honest, Evan, it's not going to be that easy as we are on our mission to get as Net fans our first NBA title. We know it's not going to be as simple as Kyrie Irving's back. Here we go. So I think then reality set in. This is what we'll deal with. And now we'll figure out how we go from here. But I think. I think, and my positive on this will be, uh, like, it's such a long season and there's so many twists and turns with what happens. The fact that he's here gives me hope because if he's in the locker room, if he's with Kevin Durant every day, can something change his attitude and mind when we get to the big picture, which is the playoffs, at least he's in the room to start which gives him a little tease because when we get down to that point, when it's May and the Nets are playing the Raptors and we have to deal with Pascal Siakam in the playoffs. Well, I guess that would be even weirder because, because Kyrie couldn't even play in those games if he's unvaccinated <laughs> right. in Toronto, bad example. Let's go with somebody else. Uh, I don't know. The wizards make the, okay, we'll right. go with Washington. I mean, is he going to not play in road play uh, home playoff games? I don't know. It's just odd. Very odd. Yeah. I, Look, they're better with him back. I think we talked about this before Sean Marks and Joseph Sy made that announcement in mid-October that if it was up to us, if the players are on board with it, fine, he could be a part-time player. It's not ideal, right, right. but he can do it. So I'm not like I'm not mad that the Nets made this decision. And I and I like Joseph Sy's quote, even though I don't think he fully lives by it. The quote of my only religion is winning. Obviously, if truly his only religion was winning. Spencer Dinwiddie would have been re-signed. But that but that's a that's a story for another day. Like I don't Sorry. mind that he's coming back. What what kind of bothers me a little bit is why it took them two months to flip-flop. And if it was squarely because Kevin Durant wasn't on board at the beginning and now he is on board, which is really my theory, okay, fine. But I think they're coming across like major hypocrites right now when they say, well, the circumstances have changed. You know, we're dealing with a lot of injuries. We're dealing with a lot of COVID cases. Well, hold on a second. First of all, by the time Kyrie Irving plays basketball games only on the road, the COVID cases should be gone, at least the ones who have it now, because you're isolated for 10 days and then you're allowed back, assuming you're healthy. That means James Harden will be back. That means Kevin Durant would be back. James Johnson, LaMarcus Aldridge, and everybody who's got it. So the idea that he's coming to save them from COVID let alone the irony that he isn't vaccinated. It's BS. You can easily see yeah. through it. He's not coming to save you from COVID. Those guys should be back long before Kyrie Irving plays again. So I just don't buy the excuse. And I think the reality is, and I know why they're not going to say it, is Kevin Durant called us up and said, I want my guy back. You know, whether they have a new relationship or they're on good terms now, that's what it comes down to. And I don't have an issue with it. It's just weird watching the Brooklyn Nets and Sean Marks try to do these weird gymnastics. Yeah, and I think if you're a fan outside of the team, you look at that and go, 
oh, these hypocrites, this is bullshit. Sorry, you can't do this. This is ridiculous. How could you, how could you uh, allow somebody to come back when you said two, three months ago, you wouldn't be able to do this. You have no backbone. But the reality is the Nets want to win games. And if you're a Nets fan, and I've accepted it, you sold yourself to the devil, and, you, and this is reality. Kyrie Irving goes out and he gets you 42 points on the road versus the Bucs when he returns in a game. You go, okay, I get it. The Nets, the Nets are hypocrites, but that felt really good. I like how we won. And that's the thing about sports is you can say that, you can be that way, but when the when when you get down to it and you're on the road, you're playing this game, and Kyrie Irving's there, and he wins you the basketball game, nobody will remember. And it's such a short term memory with everything in the NBA. Nobody even knows. Like, okay, now we're obsessed with Kyrie Irving and what's going on with him being vaccinated. Do we even talk about what happened last year where he disappeared on a birthday party? That is so old news. It's not even mentioned as, as how fast things go. How about the year before when he was in the locker room and he called out teammates that he doesn't have enough support? Nobody talks about it. this stuff moves so fast that if you win basketball games, the rest will take care of itself. Now, if the Nets lose and they fall flat in the playoffs again, everybody will laugh at them and everybody will be sarcastic and smirk at them. And that's what happens when you're the big, bad, bold best team with that kind of energy but if they win games all of that stuff disappears and if they win a title and they're walking down flatbush none of that will be talked about and then the narrative will change to is kevin durant better than kobe bryant like that's what will <laughs> right. happen right and right it, like seriously it will change that fast well the the thing i wonder about and look i don't think you and i or any net fans should care too much what critics have to say what you know, NBA writers or Nick fans or Laker fans have to say. But the one thing I'm always curious about is, and I would ask this to a Nick fan or Laker fan, what would you have done? Like, this is circumstances none of us could have predicted. None of us saw pandemic coming. None of us saw vaccine mandates coming, like a world such as this. But what would you do if you happen to be a fan of a team in a specific city that has specific rules that led to this Kyrie Irving situation. Would you have told him to go away? Would you have told him, all right, you'll be a part-time player? Like, what would you have done? You know, and, and I get it. The, the pandemic is serious, and getting the vaccine is serious. I understand all of that. But now you run a sports team, and you're trying to win a championship. What would you do? And that's my question I'd ask any Nick fan or Laker fan. Okay, you're criticizing the Nets for flip-flopping. I am too. I'm giving you my reasoning for their excuses being BS, that this is a Kevin Durant thing, which I have no problem with. But I go back to, well, what would you have done? Would you have told one of your best players you're not invited to be a part-time player? Right. Would you have invited him to be a part-time player? Like, what would you have done? I mean, I asked this to our friends who are Nick fans who may be listening because you are in a similar situation in terms of playing in New York City. Like, what would you have done? And I know the team is different, but R.J. Barrett refuses to get vaccinated. Like, what would you have done? Would you have told your GM, trade him, trade his ass? Would you have told him, nope, till you get vaccinated, you're not a part-time. Like, it's so easy to judge when it's not you. And so I ask anybody, if you're listening right now, okay, you're not a Nets fan. What would you have done? Because the truth is, if you're a fan of a team, all you care about is winning. That's your focus. I'm not here to support Kyrie Irving's, you know, political motivations or his thoughts about the vaccine. 
I don't really care. I care about winning. I care about my wife getting vaccinated. I care about my kids getting vaccinated. I care about the people I'm around getting vaccinated. But at the end of the day, we are fans of a team. So I do think that the the criticisms that the Nets are going to face, while they may be fair, I just ask everybody, what would you have done in October? Would you have changed your view based on the way the team played? Like, how would you have handled it? Because it's so complicated, bro. Because we've never seen something like this before. Yeah, no, it's completely brand new. And that's why I said before, I totally agree with you. You, yeah, the Nets are hypocrites. Yeah, the Nets went against what they said before. But yeah, the Nets are in the mood to win an NBA championship. And the Nets know they've never been in this type of spot where they have Kevin Durant playing at an all-time high. They've got James Harden there. And then they know they have this wild card and Kyrie Irving. And Steve Nash has done a great job going to the media and saying the right things here. I believe that. What's he going to say when he gets to the media? Yeah, guys, you're right. We want to, like, is he going to say what we're saying right now? No, he's got to just say, we welcome him back with open arms. That's what we do. And that's what the Nets are in business are doing. The Nets are in business for winning an NBA championship. The rest of it is all BS. If it, if it means pissing some people, people off along the way, so be it. But they're in the business of winning an NBA championship. And that's what drives me bonkers when all of a sudden people go, oh, Sean Marks, he's not really the GM. He's just there because Kevin Durant tells him what to do, which is true. And Kevin Durant has a lot of power. But also at the same time, Sean Marks wants to win an NBA championship. You think Sean Marks is going to go out there and say, you know what? I don't think Kyrie Irving should come back because he really, really was a bad influence on what, what he was saying to people. Now, he wants to win a championship, and that's all that matters. That's what, when his legacy is set, it's about a title. And you might, uh, you might disagree with it. It might piss you off. You might have a problem with it. But that is the case, and you're right. You go to any Nick fan, and you tell them, you've got Durant, you've got Harden, and Kyrie Irving's around the corner, and you're going to say he could come back. And you've been waiting since 1973 or whatever year it was to come back and win a championship. Yeah, you'll take your chances with it and you'll embrace him. It's it's what fans do. And, and by fans the way, love their team. And, and of course, you should listen to Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant, and I mentioned this on a, the Quick Instant Reaction podcast I did a few days ago. He's the franchise. Like, he's not just the MVP of the league this year. We'll see if he is the MVP, but you know what I mean? Playing like an MVP. Sure. He's committed long-term to this franchise. Of course I care what he thinks. Of course it matters right. what he thinks. You would be foolish. You'd be doing a derelict of duty if you ignored so what true. Kevin Durant had to say about your roster and major issues around your team. Right. Like, you know, Kevin Durant's a guy that goes out, he scores 51, he has triple doubles, he's playing 40-plus minutes, he's everything. You're not going to listen to his input? That's, that's just reality. You're in any business and you have a guy that's making you a salesman that goes out and makes you million dollar sales week after week after week. That person has input. That's just the way capitalism works. I'm sorry. Sorry if you have a problem with that. Kevin Durant's going to have input. He's going to have a say. He's Kevin bleeping Durant. <laughs> yeah. And everything he's done has been good so far. I mean, the guy goes out and has done everything spectacularly. Oh, Kevin Durant's at 80%. You're going to get a 90% Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's at 110%. You'll listen to what he has to say. You're damn it's just, right. It's just fact. It's fact. Of course. Of course. And and look, they, they had to cut down his minutes. They had to cut down his minutes without Kyrie Irving being back. Like, 
That's another thing about the whole excuse of, well, there's a big workload for James Harden and Kevin Durant. Look, you can minimize their workload. I mean, you didn't need Kyrie Irving to come back to do that. Now, will it cost you a game here and there because Kevin's playing 32 minutes instead of 39 minutes? Yeah, I, I acknowledge that. But I think Steve Nash has to be smarter, especially once these guys are back from COVID because both of them have it, James Harden and Kevin Durant. Um, you got to be smart about their minutes because Kyrie Irving, as of right now, is coming back to play half the games. He's not coming back to play every single game. He's not coming back to save the workload when the Nets are on a long homestand. He can't, you know, unless the rules of New York City change, which I'll get into in a little bit, that's not happening. So I think Steve Nash, upon the return of both guys, yes, we want to win games. No doubt about it. I like being the number one seed. I like winning more than I like losing. But you got to be smart. Even in that Philadelphia game, there were opportunities to steal a few minutes of rest for Kevin Durant. And Nash is like addicted to him. And I get it. KD's yeah. great. But it's like his drug. And he can't stay away from his drug for more than four minutes at a time. Well, he's seen what it's like when he's off the drug and it's brutal and it's painful. <laughs> and then yeah. and then he realizes, oh, my God, he's right there on the bench. Let me bring him in. Oh, it's okay. Philly cut it to two. 846 to go. Let's bring in Kevin Durant. But it's not sustainable for 82 games. You can't be playing the guy between 40 and 45 minutes every game. It's just it's just ridiculous. I mean, the good part about it is, okay, he's clearly responded from the injury after last year, this year. He can go heavy minutes. We know that that's a good sign for him in the playoffs. But I've never seen anybody play so much. And it's like, you know, it's funny because you, know, you talk to somebody 25, 30 years ago. Oh, this is how you play, guys. You got to play your stars. But it's it is scary, and it is you know you get worried. Okay, that was a nice win versus the Raptors, but what's going to happen down the road? Let's make sure Kevin does get his rest. And you worry about it every time I see him fly in the air, go for a block shot. I cringe. I mean, because you see, it's just one bad move away from going. This all is up in smoke, and it's over. <laughs> I know, over, all all over. And I don't want to go down that road, but it does creep in your head. Of course, feel protective for him and. Yeah, I think, and Coach Nash knows it, and he knows he has to be a little bit smarter about it. And I do think, though, even though Kyrie is back, like, how do we then figure out this minute management where, okay, Durant, does he miss this game? Okay, it's on the road. How does that play in? There's going to be some real, some real, like, Sudoku working, figuring out how this all comes together when Kyrie's a part-time player, how do you worry about minutes with Durant and Harden when it's only Kyrie on the road? Then at home, he comes back. Like, how do you figure that all out? Yeah. This is something that a coach has never had to deal with in the history of the sport. It's, it's bizarre. And I was already looking ahead because obviously every home game, every game against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden, which is only two, every game in Toronto, which is only one, you could X them out. Now, he can't play those games. Now, he is right. qualified to play in every other location. So as a road player in San Francisco, he can play against the Warriors. As a road player against the Lakers or the Clippers, he can play. At least that's the research I've come up with. So it's, it's really just Madison Square Garden and it's Toronto, which leads me to the debut target. Okay? And I want to be realistic about this because Woj even tweeted they're going to take it Take it easy with them. They're not going to rush them back. 
He already is in COVID protocol. So figure he's there for another 10 days. Figure January 1st, Kyrie Irving's able to kind of start ramping up. Is it realistic to expect his return on Saturday, January 29th? That gives him four weeks to ramp up, four weeks to return, because that's the beginning of what is a five-game road trip. So it seems perfect, right? Bring him back for a five-game road trip. And it starts off in Golden State or in San Francisco against the Warriors, which is perfect. Like, all right, great. You're back January 29th against the Warriors. And by the way, the second game on that road trip is on a Tuesday night in Phoenix against the Suns. We Hmm. could call that the revenge tour, if you will. Is that realistic to expect January 29th for uh, his return? I'll take your research better than my predictions. That sounds right. That sounds good. I know people are like, oh, it'll come back Christmas. Let's have a, which is in four Christmas. days, three days. People get excited, man. Yeah, that sounds, you know, it's going to be a week with COVID and then the ramp up process. I guess that sounds right. I want to say a little bit earlier, but also the idea that it's a five game road trip is really sexy for Kyrie Irving. Cause then we can get intoxicated from him playing back to back to back to back to back to back games. Who knows? I'll take your word for it. I mean, that's, that's some heavy duty research. It's going to be one of those things, and you know how it is. It's going to be a Wednesday. It's at 106, and you're fiddling your thumbs because the Giants and Jets have no news. There's nothing to talk about there, and all of a sudden, a Woj Street will come. Kyrie Irving is expected to play tonight in Cleveland, or something like that will just <laughs> pop up. It'll just come out of nowhere, but yeah, that, that you sold me on the 29th thing. I like it. I like the 5 game well, road trip. Let's see Kyrie out there. I mean, I'm trying to be conservative, too, because, you know, I Yeah, before he was in COVID protocols, the thought was, ooh, Christmas, that sounds great. That was never realistic. Then I started thinking about Wednesday, January 12th in Chicago. I don't think that's realistic. I mean, if he's quick. Yeah, I I think that once he's cleared, and again, we've got to kind of add 10 days to this, thinking it's going to take a while. Hopefully he's okay, by the way. He's unvaccinated. Hopefully he don't have any bad symptoms and he's good to go. He's a young athlete. He's in great shape. I think the odds are Kyrie Irving, even though he's unvaccinated, is going to be fine. But how much time does he then need? Because I also wonder about this. Okay, earlier on Monday, an announcement came out. I'm not going to lie to you. The announcement sort of pissed me off, even though the announcement could lead to better things for us. And that was an announcement from the city of Boston. The city of Boston made an announcement uh, that they're going to have a vaccine mandate. That if you're going to go inside in the city of Boston, you're going to need to prove you're vaccinated. Uh, If you're going to go to TD Bank North Garden, you're going to have to prove you're vaccinated. But there's an exemption. That exemption is for athletes. So if you are a visiting player or if you're a home player, you're exempt from the vaccine mandate. Now, the bad news is you see something like that and say, geez, you know, the Blasio couldn't have done that in July. Like, We still have a vaccine mandate. We still want to keep our city safe. We still want to be smart. But, you know, we're going to be reasonable here. We're going to have exceptions for Broadway actors. We're going to have exceptions for athletes, for performers. Okay? Because we don't feel like they're going to spread that to the 20,000 people that are sitting in the building. Um, So part of me was frustrated saying, geez, man, New York couldn't have done that back in July. But then the other part of me sees that and says, boy, that's going to make it so much easier even as this pandemic rages up again with all these positive cases for the new mayor to make that slight change for the mayor to say, look, I'm looking at other big cities around the country. 
They all have vaccine mandates. But the one thing they do that's different is they exempt the athletes and the performers. So do you take the frustration from this story coming out of Boston or do you take the hope from this story coming out of Boston? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me that, Evan. I took the complete hope from it. I saw that and said, okay, that's a trend that starts. It starts in Boston. Can you then apply that in New York? And that's the kind of thing, let's be real. Kyrie Irving is not going to get vaccinated. He's not. That's not happening. No. But could there be a new mayor that says this is the new rule? That's something that's possible. And that's the option to get Kyrie back. And today's December 21st, December 20th, whatever. February 8th, March 7th, April 6th. That's the legislation that gets Kyrie Irving back to the nets. It's not getting vaccinated. But it's the idea of, okay, the rule changes, and now Kyrie has been playing every other day in Brooklyn where you feel like he's going to come back. And then when he comes back, he's played in half the games. So it's not as if he's just coming back and he hasn't been there for a while. There is a little bit of a uh, repetition in playing. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. But at least he's been there. I think that's the kind of thing that gives you hope as a Net fan. Politics aside, vaccine issues aside, but basketball related, I think that's a very good sign. Also, too, because we're talking about a city that's close to New York. And as much as New Yorkers hate Boston, the fact that it's Boston means it's close in the ideals and in the just like the feel of the city. We're not going out to Tulsa. We're not going out to Oklahoma. You know, we're not going out to Detroit. We're not going out to Indiana. It's Boston. It's a four-hour damn drive away. That, to me, gives hope, if you're a Nets fan, that there might be a change for Kyrie to come back. I really believe that. It's another liberal city. That's what you're trying to say. Hey, it's Boston. <laughs> They're more liberal than New York. I wasn't trying to say, I just said, I was, I wasn't even really trying to say that. It was just, <laughs> there's a feel to the vibe of the city. Yes. You know, we, we hate Boston, but like, let's be honest, like, we hate Boston. We hate Boston fans. You know why we hate Boston fans? Because they care just as much as us, and that's what pisses us off. Right. I also can't wait for <laughs> Net Celtics first round rematch. Wait a second. <laughs> We're gonna make a little alteration to our vaccine mandate. Yeah, I'm right. sorry, athletes and visiting players are no longer allowed to play. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden, Kyrie can't play. I, I don't know. Like Craig said to me uh, when the Shams announcement first came on Friday, Adams is going to change the rules. And he said it again to me today. Like he still thinks that the rules of New York City are going to change. It's just, and, and I can see it changing at some point. It just feels like it's odd for it to happen now. Like it's not something I'd expect a week in to his administration, especially with cases spiking. That, I agree. It, it's why it could have just been written differently back in June and July. And this would have been a non-issue. Like it never would have been a controversy if it was just written in as there's exemptions for athletes. But look, you hit on something and I stand by it because I've said it forever. Kyrie Irving is not going to get vaccinated. So if the hope is he's going to taste being in the locker room again, he's no, going to taste playing happening. basketball again, and he's going to give in and be vaccinated. I don't think that's the case. I think there's one of two scenarios. Number one, the rules of New York City change, which very well could happen. And number two, this continues as a part-time player. And I know it's it's weird enough to think about it during the regular season, 
but it's even stranger to think about it happening during a postseason series yeah. that, you know, the Nets have home court advantage in the first round and Kyrie Irving can't play till game three and four. You know, we took a caller today, legitimate caller called up and said, do you think the Nets should tank on purpose oh so God. that they don't have home court advantage oh because of Kyrie Irving? Oh and it sounds crazy, but that's going to start to be the thought the longer this continues on that while the Nets are a better team on the road because Kyrie Irving's playing, how should they treat this? And look, I don't think this rule is going to change in January, but like we saw last year with how quickly Madison Square Garden and Barclays Center opened up to crowds. Exactly, exactly. Could it change in April? Yeah, I'd prefer it not change in April. I'd prefer it change sooner so that it's not a, a thing that we're all sweating out until the very end. But yeah, I think that's, that is clearly the much more likely option here than Kyrie Irving getting vaccinated. As much as the Nets ramp up players to play, let's ramp up Blake Griffin. Let's ramp up Nick Claxton. Let's now ramp up Kyrie Irving on the road to come back and get ready to play. That ramp up takes a while, but this stuff is just going to flip, just like it did last season in the playoffs when all of a sudden there was 250 people at a game. Now there's 18,000. It's just going to change is just going to flip and the idea of Kyrie only in road games I'll say this at least if you like go on the road you know how you go on a road and you're like oh crap we just split it's one one now we got to come back let's see if we can do it you'll be like well at least we got Kyrie back like I don't know I don't think you know I know you haven't had that perspective of we're going on the road but we've got all our players like uh, at least that's a positive you could feel going into the playoff series that you go, you, you get, you have your home games and then you get more players on the road. It's not a bad, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> the whole thing is just so weird. And obviously it's also weird where we are in this season right now, where there's uncertainty about when they're going to play again. I mean, the hope is they'll play Thursday night against Portland and then the Christmas day game against the LA Lakers, but we don't know who's coming back. I mean, right now they've got 10 guys on the COVID list. You know, is Paul Millsap coming back tomorrow or in two days? Is LaMarcus Aldridge? Is James Harden? What about Kevin Durant? We already miss him. He's been on the COVID list for two or three days now. So it's it's a weird part of the season. But here's the good news. They're 21 to nine. You know, they, they've given themselves a little bit of wiggle room right now. So it's it's weird. I, I kind of miss Nets basketball. I know they were going to lose on Sunday to the Nuggets. They were probably going to lose on Tuesday to the Wizards. As feisty as they were Saturday when the G League Nets took it to the Orlando Magic, but they did have to play Patty Mills in 40 freaking minutes in this game. And as much as I like David Duke, and he was awesome in that game, it's tough to rely on the David Dukes and the Kessler Edwards of the world every single night. Though it's created a great opportunity for them. And I think that's the case around the league. You're getting a lot of second chances for a lot of guys around the league, and some guys are going to take advantage of it. I think Mm -hmm. David Duke's certainly taking the advantage of – kind of leaving a mark on Steve Nash that even when this team is healthy, maybe Duke can serve a valuable role for this team defensively and how great he's been on the glass. Yeah, that's the part about him that's been tremendous is the part on the glass, giving them rebounding effort and going after loose balls, which has been awesome. I'm curious from your end, you know, you've seen the Nets forever, Evan, and the Barkley Center crowd with the best players, top 10 players on the planet has been okay. But the crowds that get into this G League roster have been legit into it. What is it about the Nets fans that are more excited about David Duke and Kessler Edwards 
than having some of the best players in the world on their team because Barclays has been fun. That Orlando game where there has been guys where it was basically between the two, you had Patty Mills and then a Blake Griffin, former superstar, and guys nobody's ever heard of. You know, here's Brooks' brother. Like, why are the crowds going wild for these guys? <laughs> and then not when you've got some of the best athletes to ever lace them well, up on your team. I do I do think, as we were both there for the Raptor game, I think the crowd was excellent for that game. And remember, that's still the KD-led Brooklyn Nets. It's KD and the rookies. It's KD and the kids, whatever you want to call it. Um, look, I think the crowds have been better this year for the superstars. I think Kevin Durant, day by day by day, has created this bond with net fans where he is he's a rock star. I mean, we didn't really get to appreciate it last year because a, he missed a lot of time and B the crowds weren't there. So for the beginning of the season, upon Durant's debut as a net, we weren't in the building. We weren't in the building to see it. Like how many people got to see Kevin Durant live last year before the postseason? The answer is not a lot of people because there were very little crowds. So this year has been kind of that bond I think net fans have had with KD. KD's the guy. And we're witnessing it firsthand. We're seeing his brilliance firsthand. But I do admit that the crowd certainly has been into it the last three nights. The Toronto game, the Philadelphia game, and even the Orlando game. They really had nobody like you mentioned. Um, but I am starting to notice that bond with Durant, as opposed to the star, the, the mercenary, as much as we hate that term. He's not anymore. He's a net. And I think fans are starting to to bond with him because we're getting to watch him all the time and we're getting to be in the building with him all the time. And he kissed our ass great after that. I think it was the Philadelphia game when he said, ah, Brooklyn fans are the best. These guys know basketball. Like he was just kissing our asses. It was fantastic. And the best part is we don't have to worry about it. He signed. He's here. We don't have to worry about impressing him anymore. It's Kevin Durant's a net James Harden. Yeah. We'll see what happens with him. Kyrie Irving. We'll see what happens with him. Kevin Durant is a net, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, Durant, Duke, Kessler, that's going to be our team next year. <laughs> see how it works out. Let's go ahead and oh, those guys. Well, it should be a fun week. Hopefully they start playing basketball again, and hopefully there's some more clarity about Kyrie Irving as time goes on. But that's our reaction to it. Thank you for listening to the uh, Brooklyn Basketball Podcast. You can check out our buddy Mike Biseglia on the, fair, uh, the Bad Weather Fans Podcast. You can follow him at Mike Delivers Pod as well. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of the Brooklyn Basketball Podcast.